Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. that one song by Katy Perry that's been translated into Simlish. What? Yeah, yeah, they did the they did this Katy Perry song, I forget, uh, Hot and Cold or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they No, 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 no. Hot, second Hot and Cold is that one, so they, they did a music video for The Sims, oh, right, but right. they translated all of the lyrics into the fake Sims language. Oh, cool. And it's m- a much better song. <laughs> Get out. It's a much better song. I, I actually, didn't know that the Sims language was an actual language. I oh, yeah. It's, it's random... called Simlet. Well, it's just, it's kind of like a pig Latin thing. Remember so that? thing gets translated. Remember that band? Like that. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I'm it was just a... random. Remember that guy yeah. did a video for Reggie and the Full Effect? Yeah. They did one I of their... Still love Reggie yeah, he did one of his songs for this. I think it's in the, one of the Sims games. Yeah. Or like one of the downloads, and he did it in like Simlish. I think it's called Simlish. I'm and not it's sure. like I'm not sure. I, I don't really speak. play The Sims. So. Um, I did not play it, you know. And, and I kind of glazed over Spore. Spore came and went, Spore and it is, didn't Spore really. Is interesting, but I'm not that kind of gamer. You know, that's kind of like a real time strategy I'm thing. Just not I'm just that kind of gamer. Well, no, because there, there are gamers who can sit down and create something mm-hmm. for hours. And me, if I haven't shot something within half an hour, I feel like I'm not getting anything. High five for that. Yeah. That's the way the American that's yeah. the American dream right there. Yeah. Um, hey, what's up guys? Welcome to episode ninety-five of Geekscape. This is uh, Jonathan London, your host. And every week I try and bring you a podcast successfully. I think we've brought you a podcast about movies, video games, and comics where I share the couch with a good co host. This is William Habibi. Did I say it right? No. Uh, Who's it? Bibiani. Bibiani? Yes. Bibiani means lover in Does like it really? Middle Eastern language. I'll take it, but no, it's Bibiani. It's love. Italian. Oh, Habibi, you baby. Where did I get that? It's like a bunch of You know how I got it? You've known me for how long? No, no, Bibiani. This is why. No. This is why. There's no L in it. Zach Haddad has the same facial hair, and he's a good friend of ours. Why did I call you Habibi? I don't. No, I guess you like the cafe. Just Ooh. anyone with facial hair and brown names, all of a sudden they're all the same to you. Yes, brown. This names? is but. Bo- say it again. <laughs> say it again. Bibiani. That's nothing fucking close. Bibliani. There's it's no L in it. There's no L. It's what? not a bibliography. Bibiani. 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 It's like Joey Tribbiani from Friends, but the first Bibiani. 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 DiGiorno. Who's our guest this week? Bobbly. Who's our guest this week? William Bibiani. Ricola. I got it. I just fucking call him Will. I don't even know your last name. You're you tr- call me my last I name. I know. Yours is easy. Yeah, it's really common. But bi- bi- biblical over here, I, I can't get it. Nah. So guys, William Bibiani is my guest. <laughs> I'm freaking out every time I have to say Such his name. Dick. All right, fine. Viviani. I didn't say Viviani. No, I think he did actually. I didn't say Vivaldi. Should we rewind it? No, you guys rewind it. Tell me on the forums. Did he say Viviani? Oh man. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, you guys know him. He was on the show back in March. It's been a while. I forgot. Um, and uh, he was promoting his sh- uh, web short series that he acts in called Bus Pirates. It's now available on DVD. Check out the DVD. Look at that thing. That's a sexy DVD, my friends. Uh, if you guys saw, uh, if you guys saw the shorts uh, back in March, 
Uh, yeah. Back you, in March. If you guys saw it back in March, you enjoyed it. Now there's a freaking DVD for you guys yes. to cough up some money, and it's got extras and shit. Yes, on it. it is the uh, it is Bus Pirates. It is every episode linked together into about a 40 minute short film. Got all the making of stuff, the uh, interviews we did online for various shows, and a brand new directors and cast commentary. <laughs> Very, very nice. And it finally looks <laughs> good. This is a, this is a good-looking short. YouTube does not show this Mr. off. Mr. Habibiani, are you uh, part of, the, uh, yes. <laughs> are you part of the, the, the commentary? I am part of the commentary. Okay. I'm part of the commentary. Actor Fred Maskey of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 fame and the Soper Brothers. He, didn't make, it, Soper Brothers. he didn't make it to part three? Uh, I, think, I think he might have died. I think he might have gotten one of the, got, one of the crew, crew members, a Jack Ship, who got killed by cannibals. Okay. I think. I think. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. At first I thought you were the... talking about the actor. Oh, yeah. He's gone now. He's, <laughs> uh, no, he's no, no, no more. He died before yeah, the I don't know. Him. He probably died. Yeah. No, Mr. Bibiani is in this. I'm going to keep saying his last name until you guys have it ingrained in your heads, too. Um, but this is Geekscape. We talk movies, video games, and comics. Mr. Gilmore is over here. Camera left. How are you feeling, buddy? Great. Last week, uh, there were some complaints, I'll be honest with you. Uh, here, we talk about complaints. We gave audience feedback. A lot of people were commenting on how uh, your, uh, your fumble mitts kept showing up in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah, I was exhausted. See, I stand in front of this light every every time we, we yeah. film this show, and a lot of times it gets really hot, and we were doing like kind of late-ish on a Sunday night after I had an exhausting weekend, so I was like like pirate ship like swaying into the yeah. camera. Yeah, is that how it was? Like... Way to keep pirates into the show, by the way. That's good. Yeah, that's for you. Thank you. That is fucking hilarious that yeah. they called you out on that. Because I was midway through editing and I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> it was bumble mitts over here. Well, let's see all those dudes that are watching this show stand for an hour. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I know you can do it. He doesn't think you can do it. Okay? The trick is not to lock your knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should throw like a... Um, do you remember that, that documentary? Uh, they ripped it off for the first season of Survivor. Uh, Hands on a Hard Body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, should yeah. do like a hands on a hard body type contest. Yeah. Where you what have to. That? Well, whose hard body uh, are we going to use? Gilmore's. Um, okay. you, 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 there was there's this really good documentary. You guys should Netflix it called Hands on a Hard Body about an East Texas. Uh, uh, they sold trucks. It was like a car dealership, and every year they would give away a truck to um, whoever could stand the longest without leaning, without crouching, just stand with their hand, or you know you can switch hands, but you can never have. Your, any of your hands off of the car You get like a 5 minute break every hour A 15 minute break every 6 hours And it's just an endurance test And this thing goes on for days huh. They huh. pick like 24 people out of a uh, out of a hat Or a fishbowl in the lobby Those 24 people come and put their hands on the truck And while the documentary follows the contest To see who's the winner uh, You go back and you get the backstory of each person Like one person is a farmer And his truck is broken down and he needs it Or he'll lose his farm You know, it's, And then somebody else just wants it you know what I mean? They're planning on selling it to go to school. So everybody has their different stories of why they they want this truck. And as the it, as the hands start falling off the truck and people mm. start you know falling yeah. off the competition, the drama goes up. You know, I like it. Change it, the ending and I'll buy it. <laughs> no, it was a good documentary. So maybe we should try that next weekend at the uh, Geekscape picnic over here on the west side in L.A. See how long I can hold on to something I want. Yeah, mm. we got to find something you want. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we've been holding on. We're almost at 100 episodes. Which is crazy. That's nuts. Did you think that we, in all honesty, when, when we started Geekscape, did you think it would last 100 episodes? It may not. It may not. Hey, hey we're only at 95. Still, you know. Hey, bullet right through my face. Walk out in front of a bus. Boom. Right. Mispronounce a guest host's name and he kills me. Hey. Exactly. You With, guys have seen Final Destination. Shit happens. Shit does happen. But did you think we could at least get to 95? Did you think we are going to be here that long? No, not at all. I thought you were going to quit after like five did you really? I'm surprised you made it. I'm surprised you made it that far. Right at the beginning, I was just like, eh. and that was a nice gesture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've had problems. I mean, we had like multiple websites. We've had different hosts. We've had all sorts of fucking problems. But we've stuck through it, though. We persevered. It's pretty. We're crazy. like the cockroach of the of the podcasting world. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the something, show where the hosts jerk each other off for all you. you just new something people. no one wants around. I want to instill in my audience <laughs> that if you if, if 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 you haven't subscribed yet, we'll be here. <laughs> we'll be here to see you graduate high school. <laughs> now you just sound like a clown rapist. And then, <laughs> we'll walk you down the aisle. <laughs> We're gonna be part. We're gonna be part of every major moment in our audience's lives. 
Um, so listen, guys, speaking of uh, someone who saw me through high school, middle school, and uh, college, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Very important uh, part of my life. You can see that we do every single episode in front of the Jean-Claude Van Damme poster that my good buddy Mark Brunswick picked up, or, picked up over in Europe, senior year in college. Now he's got this movie out. Jean-Claude Van Damme has a movie where he plays himself. It's called JCVD. We talked. What does that stand for? Oh, you come on now! Don't. Play with <laughs> uh, so, last week we talked about the fact that you guys could go on the website and get like the official times and dates for when it's playing in your t- in your town. It's playing in the U.S. and Canada, right? Gilmore called me up. Let's see. It's Monday morning. Uh, I just finished. I think I was writing, and Gilmore r- writes me and says, "Oh no, I had this conference call." So I have this conference call at noon. Gilmore calls me and says, "If you can get to the screening at one, you can go see GCVD, the movie I've been looking forward to the most all year. This movie where Van Damme plays himself. Uh, it's a French uh, filmmaker. Is it a, is Belgian? He a Belgian? Belgian, Belgian, Belgian filmmaker. Wait, Belgian filmmaker? Are you saying that Jean Claude Van Damme is Belgian? No, Bel- no, no the Claude actual filmmaker. It's a Belgian film. Yeah, Jean Claude oh, okay, Van Damme cool. is one hundred percent Belgian. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that I know. But so, so this Belgian filmmaker, I will fix that in my article. I wrote a review. Um, I, I tried researching, but uh, it's it's a Belgian film. Jean Claude Van Damme plays himself. At the very beginning of the movie, there's this one long take where he's doing all this action. He's throwing grenades. He's kicking people, uh, ripping guns out, kicking them, all this cool shit. And it's kind of parroting some of the action films he's been a part of because at the very end the long take gets blown right a piece yeah. of the set falls apart and he's like at 40 he's like this is at 47 my body can't keep doing this uh turns out that's where he's at he's unhappy about his career he's in this court proceeding to keep his daughter uh you know and the lawyer is like listen if we don't get another check we can't keep this case going you know we just lost an appeal he, is that he, true i don't think so oh but he, he's on his way to, to, to get some more money. He has to borrow it. He's in, he's in Brussels. He gets a friend to wire it to him. When he goes to the post office to pick it up, the post office is being held hostage. So now we have Van Damme in a hostage situation. You'd expect this to turn into like this big fucking action thing, right? Put on the brakes. This is a very foreign, foreign film. If you guys... Uh, if you guys are in there, if you guys are going to see this, to expect like classic Van Damme kind of cheese, kind of like a fun, you know, parody of, the, of who the guy is, uh, I would say that this is closer to a drama than it ever is an action movie. The, the suspense is very small in this movie. I mean, he does have the mm. a hostage situation, this and that, but it's a kind of an introverted look at him. And the movie is told as if it couldn't get less uh, American. The movie's told in four parts, and it's a bit out of sequence. So thanks, Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. We can't Tarantino. even get our Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> films in order anymore. Thanks a fucking lot. Van Damme can't even be in a movie from point A to B anymore. Yeah. Now you got to take D and C and well, E. Well, it's, it's J C V D. There you go. Uh, I think that's. A, I mean, you know what? Four parts. Yeah. Maybe each of the parts corresponds with each of the letters. Maybe. But uh, this is a this is a really good film if you guys have the patience for it because there are parts where you're going to be like, okay, there are the lulls, but his performance is awesome. The directing is actually really, really strong. This guy's got a, a really good style and a really good storytelling sense. And the movie's really interesting. It really does explore what the hell happens to these guys once nobody wants them anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who still wants them? Because this, this guy's in a hostage situation. He's the primary hostage. Do people even care anymore? You find no. out that a lot of people do care. And right. well, maybe, people, maybe he's the people, one who cares the least. Maybe A lot of people grew up with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal and all these other action stars who are... You know, doomed to straight to video mm-hmm. hell right now, and I think it's important that if you did, you know, you should go out and see their films when they're in theaters, so we can get them back in theaters, and they're not stuck doing shit like the hardcore. Oh, you know, I have that over here on the uh, shelf. Yeah, it awful, but the awful movie. The thing know? is, this movie, you'd think that the, this kind of movie would uh, would do like a John Travolta for him. Yeah, catapult him. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, re- re- fixes his uh, his career, bring him back in front of an American audience. Maybe so he can at least be part of like, um, you know, an ensemble cast. Yeah, like that new uh, Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. movie. This is not yeah. what that's going to be. This ah. is this is too. Un- I think that this is too unfriendly to American audiences right. and American sensibilities to be that comeback movie. Well, what maybe it's so unfriendly to American audiences that it's Oscar bait. As a foreign film, as like a foreign Oscar. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, there are moments in this movie where I'm like, this is a fucking really, really solid, solid movie. And his yeah. performance, you've heard about the, the monologue scene yeah. in Toronto. 
that scene, I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm I, and I kind of forget I'm watching Van Dam, the guy who's like doing the splits yeah. and dancing with the chicks in, in Kickboxer. I started seeing a guy who's actually performing on stage, and I was like, holy shit! We this whole time we were looking at him as an action star, we totally forgot the fact that the dude is an actor, and no matter how bad he acted and shit mm. like Street Fighter, he's really acting in this. In, in this yeah, scene. it took and him it, how long? It, it, it took awesome him about to twenty watch. years. But, yeah, it uh, took a better, while. <laughs> better late than never, you know? And I think that uh, moving forward, even though he probably won't ever be a big American draw ever again. Probably um, not, no. As part of an ensemble cast or as part of somebody who, who does European films, this is a lot more interesting than Universal Soldier 3, which he is signed up for. He did sign up for didn't, Universal Soldier 3. Didn't they already do Universal Soldier 3? They did Universal Soldier 2 The Return yeah. with Goldberg and Spawn. Yes. And then, which uh, actually wasn't that bad. That's an opinion. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, and then they did they're doing they did, this one. They did, they did, no, they did a straight to TV one too. Oh, they they did Time Cops with with. Uh, with no, 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 no. There a was another people. Universal Soldier. It had another oh, subtitle. It didn't have Van Damme in it, and it was god awful. Oof. Yeah. You'd expect, you know, if Van Damme's yeah. not in it, it's gonna be bad. Yeah. yeah. Van Damme saying no. <laughs> yeah, you know you're in fucking trouble, right? Guys, please, this is bullshit. I do not want to act in it. Um, but I gotta tell you that that was that was that was a really interesting movie to watch. Um, is it something that I think all you guys are gonna love? No. Do I think those those of you who are willing to be patient and sit through kind of a movie with a lot of foreign sensibilities are going to like. Yes, it does have its rewards. Um, the only other movie I saw briefly was um, Role Models. You only saw it briefly? Well, I mean, you saw Role I saw Role Models. That's a legitimate and, movie. Uh, that's that's and a legitimate movie. This is... Who, 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 who is this director? David... Uh, David Wayne. David Wet Wayne. Hot American Summer. Everybody fucking loves Wet Hot American Summer. Do you love Wet Hot American Summer? I fucking love Wet Hot David American Summer. Yeah, I know. Role Models? Exactly. Yes. Role Models is no a movie. Idea. Role Models is a movie, and I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but Role Models is a movie where all the commercials make you just want to die rather than see it. It right. just looks so family-friendly and annoying. The and then I tell people... Exactly. The billboards look terrible. The right. advertising is shit. They're trying to make it like this big breakout family thing. They're trying thing. to make it... Yeah. Then yeah. You t- And everyone's like, oh, I don't want to see it. And then you tell them, it's from the director of Wet Hot American Summer, and Paul Rudd wrote it. And then they go, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe that's worth my time. Yeah. But did you see the ten though? Also, by I did not see the yeah. I did not see the ten. I missed that one. Is so it, fair enough. Is it worth your time? I mean, I, I'm a guy who watches Wet Hot American Summer, and I think it's really funny. Yeah, I think that some of the some of the scenes in there yeah. are really funny. All the state but, guys but, are amazing. All, but as, they but do. and there's a lot of there are a couple state guys in this and as like well. three state guys wrote it. Yeah, David but, Wayne is a state. But yeah. put together as like a, a complete experience. Um, all, Wet Hot American Summer for me was always like okay, it's funny. It's a little it's sketchy. Got a, yeah, it's a, it's a little too sketchy. This uh, is a lot less sketchy because you know you've got somebody like Paul Rudd who actually wrote a, a full script. Yeah. And uh, it's not family friendly. It's not family friendly. Uh, it is it, it is heartwarming at parts, oh. and, and there are parts where you think that it, that it stretches a little. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, it's not as funny as mm-hmm. uh, maybe it could have been. But mm-hmm. uh, is it enjoyable? Yes. Is it a rental? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, how is how is the uh, the little kid who uh, Sean William Scott is it Sean William little Scott? black kid? How is it black kid? Because I look at that Guys, kid and I think to myself, yeah. dude, it is time to remake Cop and a Half. Yeah. <laughs> it is time, my friend. It's been about fifteen years. <laughs> Burt Reynolds is still around. He can do a cameo. What happened to going into a video store and seeing tons of cop movies where one of the cops was going... Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the thing what is, ever happened well, to that? Well, the thing I love is that if you, it, 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 it transformed. It transformed like into... Leno? It transformed into family <laughs> movies. That was a great movie. That was, it transformed into family movies where everyone in the family movies... Do it with me. They're standing back to back. Oh, yeah. And they're doing <laughs> this. I you don't know, know if I'm like, gonna be able to save Christmas. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. So it just it just slowly, you know, transmogrifies and it it uh, turns into like a stuff. cop and a chimp, a cop and yeah. a dog, a cop and a little Chinese guy, a cop and a little black kid. Yeah. How the fuck do you end up in those situations? And whatever, I mean, whatever happened Hooch. to this? Turner and Hooch. Uh, there was that Pat uh, Morita Jay Leno movie. Yeah. Pat Morita Jay Leno was awesome. Who? Jay Leno A is a cop. Pat uh-huh. Morita B. The remake of Dragnet. Genre? Remake of Dragnet's awesome. That's a hilarious movie. Remember Car 54, Where Are You? Unfortunately, yes, I do. Unfortunately, yes, I do. The one I saw uh, not too long ago was, I think it was Bob Clark's last movie, which is really sad, but it was Karate Dog. (laughs) With John Voight as the bad guy. I'm going to choke. Fighting a dog, a CGI (laughs) dog, voiced by Chevy Chase. And Simon Rex is his 
technological genius cop partner. I'm watching this shit right up. I'm telling you, okay, if you're ever on any kind of substance harder than Flaming Cheetos, it is the perfect rental. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you guys who are interested in seeing this, maybe because you're fans of the Judd Apatow this or the state, uh, it's safe to uh, We're watch back on role models yeah, now. It, this it, is a karate It's safe dog. to watch role models um, through your Netflix yeah. or rental or a matinee. This, this would make a very uh, date satisfying movie. date matinee. Really? Yeah. 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 Date matinee. A date yeah. matinee. That's yeah, like a relationship date. Not yeah, like, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, you got to be past you, the you're first You're committed five. to it. It's like, uh, it's like my, my girlfriend, first uh-huh. uh, first movie date we went on, took her to The Dark Knight. God bless her, not her thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, next movie was, uh, next movie's hers. It's that sort of thing. What, what, what was that movie? She, uh, she picked Choke, actually. So oh, she's a keeper. I see that. I never she's a keeper. Did you like Choke? I liked it. It wasn't amazing. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I agree. The, the, the writing was good. The acting was good. The filmmaking was not terribly impressive. It's obviously a guy who hasn't made too many films mm. before. But it's watchable. It's fun. It's, it's a better. It's a, Shield. It is new from Shield. It's a better rental Remember than it is a theatrical Shield? experience. But it is a solid. Remember rental. in Iron Man, the guy who kept being like uh, Mrs. Mrs. Potts. Uh, oh, the guy, who, from the guy from Shield. The guy from Shield. Yeah. Who got to say Shield? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, direct, he directed Choke. <laughs> what but, was uh, the What was the acronym for Shield in the movies? Because it's it's oh, not one of the three ones it. they used. Because it used <laughs> to be it used to be Supreme Headquarters uh, International. Espionage, Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Okay. And now, and then it was. Uh, um, Holy shit, if you can name this motherfucker, you're uh, on another level. Oh, God, no, no. It was uh, Secret. No, no, what was it? Uh, I remember it was Espionage. The audience is gone. Oh, God. Is he a bigger dork than I am? Uh, if you can do I it. I prefer the term geek. Uh, <laughs> no, because uh, Kurt Busick changed it. Uh, when he took over Avengers after yeah. Heroes Reborn, mm-hmm. I was still a Strategic Hazard Intervention Espionage Logistics Directorate. That was the second one. Shit, and then so supposedly that's the one that we all know. I that's think. the one that, that became popularized in our generation. And then supposedly Tony Stark was going to come up with a new one after Civil War, but I think they copped out on. I killed Cap. That's no. what he should have said after <laughs> Civil War. My bad. I sh- I got my best friend killed. You happy now, Mr. Stark? Um, those are our movie reviews. We got all sorts of uh, news, though. The, the Geekscape website has some news that you guys can post. Well, Geek, um, you said Geekscape. The Geekscape website. I'm just trying to get through. It's like okay, Stan Lee. just hold on. No, Dickscape. Stan Lee said Dickscape. Did you see the clip? I, of I Stan heard Lee about the clip from Dickscape. Dickscape. Yeah, yeah, I didn't actually see Why it. Why do you think it was about that old man being so close to me that all I could think about was Dick? Am I? Am, I mean, what do you think? Maybe. I thought he was calling out the fact that you were being a dick for correcting him, and I thought that's was quite possible. That is probably the he is. Let me, let me tell you something. Stanley. Stanley is a bright, intelligent guy. I was at a uh, book signing with him. He's still very. He's still very funny. Mm-hmm. He was signing like 150 books at a Barnes and Noble. I'm just sitting there going, "Man, am I glad my name's not Engelbert Humperdinck right about that?" <laughs> he's still trying to keep it's, it alive. It's still good. It's still he's he's a. Do you witty, think he goes home and cries? Uh, it with pleasure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's happy, uh, dude. If I had as much influence on like three generations of of everyone who knows anything about pop culture, I'd be happy. Yeah. No, you're I'd right. Be totally happy. Guys, I have no reason to complain. I I got to meet a living legend. Yeah. You know, somebody and he named who, me. So, and he named Gilmore. He said Goofy Gilmore, <laughs> which <laughs> fucking accurate, right there. <laughs> Goofy Gilmore. I say that. Um, Steven Spielberg and Will Smith are talking about redoing Old Boy. So yes, so unnecessary. Very unnecessary. Yeah. Well, the you thing like is, the Old Boy. I, I love the Old Boy. Old yeah. Boy is a great movie. It's um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Spielberg is a wonderful director. Okay, even to this day, most of the stuff he does is 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 of exceptional quality, yeah. even if it sometimes has its flaws. Will Smith, good leading man. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always make the best movies, but he's always a reliable, likable, good and he can act. star. And he can act. He can act right. when he's when he's in the right material. Uh, neither of them. Michael Cera. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ooh. Uh, what do you need? It's doing a little. Can we get a little higher to the side? Okay. Okay. So that it doesn't get into the cave. Okay. We really should have. Uh, what do you think? Really should have done this before the podcast. Yeah, no, but that's cool. fun. This, this makes cool. it. This makes you us need more ghetto. Yeah, no, we we always do it, but we always have to get a gauge of yeah. how our how our guests move. How are you performing? Um, Indeed, but so uh, Will but, Smith, yeah. so Will Smith the 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 biggest family actor in the world, Steven Spielberg, the biggest crowd pleasing director uh, in the world, and what part of those scream incest to you? 
I gotta tell you, Spielberg, I love Spielberg. His movies have a tendency to cop out right at the end. Where it's like War of the Worlds, it's a really badass War of the Worlds movie. Yeah, you know, everything's out. really fucked up. And then right at the end, everything's happy! And then and you've that's got cool. Minority Report, they fucking gave it to him at the end. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, what? What? I mean, in, at the end of, of Minority Report, what's his name? The bad guy is yeah. like, oops, did I accidentally say that? I guess I'm the bad guy, and you're like, yeah, oh, that's that, that, that wasn't lame. my problem with Minority Report. But fair enough. Yeah, he, his movies have problems with the ending, mm-hmm. and Old Boy is all about the ending, and it is all about basically the world's most fucked up ending. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing with Old Boy. You get through it, this is interesting, and then it all ties together in the end in the most fucked up way you can possibly imagine. And I have a hard time believing that Spielberg and Paramount or Universal, wherever the hell they're going to put this thing up, are going to say, yes, let's have Will Smith do that. Let's have Will Smith uh, fuck his daughter and cut off his own tongue. Okay. Spoiler uh, warning, by the way. uh, (laughs) If you haven't seen Old Boy by now and you're watching the show... I actually didn't like it. You didn't like it? Hank is on a quest to knock that cup over. Hank, what are you doing, friend? Why didn't you like Old Boy? Um, it just, like I, yeah, I just found it really inaccessible. I was like, I was bored. I was like, really? I, oh, I mean, man. I don't. Well, I can't argue with that. Care. There's no debate there. So was, if it didn't involve you, yeah, if it didn't involve you, and, and you, you have really, no, ha- I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought the craftsmanship was great and everything. Sure. Uh, no, there are a lot of movies the that hammer are, fight was good, but if sure. I, but if I wasn't, you know, I thought the beginning when when, yeah. when he's kind of finding his way out of his cell and stuff yeah. like that was really cool. You're with him, but then as the games start getting played, I I was like, okay, there are rules that are coming up that. I really don't see is that, you know. Sure. I, mean? I don't think he's making yeah. No, I, stuff. I think I think it happens. I think anyone who's a, who's a real film fan and knows what they're talking mm-hmm. about, there's a couple of movies which everyone says are amazing, and then you watch them and they leave you kind of cold. I respect it on a technical level. Yeah, on a technical level, you can love these movies, but on an emotional level, it is art, and not everything reaches you. You know, Takeshi Miike. Takeshi Miike. I loved Audition. I just saw Sukiyaki Western Django, and there was some fun stuff in it, but ultimately, I didn't give a shit. I didn't actually care enough about the characters, and if I wasn't in a movie theater, if it was just on DVD, I probably would have fast-forwarded to the parts that looked interesting and mm-hmm. then turned it off. Well, uh, speaking of Steven Spielberg, we all loved his Jurassic Park. Michael Crichton has died, uh, 66 years old. What do you think of that? Uh, uh, I'm against it. <laughs> I think we should veto that right now. I think if we Bring all believe hard enough, you know, clap our hands. He should at least hopefully. be here until the end of ER. Yeah, no, seriously, he didn't even make it to the end of ER. That totally yeah. sucks. I mean, what's going to happen to that show now? Well, probably going to get canceled. <laughs> the uh, probably go down a hole and they'll start adding ridiculous <laughs> people like John Stamos. Yes, well, Goran Vizhnik. Well, we've got uh, no guys. What was the guy's name? Sean West. Uh-huh. The dude from what was the name of the young actor? Who was in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Oh, Simon. No, not Simon West. It was no, something West. Simon West. It was something. Simon yeah, West the guy who sucked. Talented. The guy who sucked. Um, yeah, the guy. <laughs> well, yeah. So is like ER uh, is done. Yeah, uh, we all know that it's, it's wrapping up. Uh, yeah. But Michael Crichton has died. I, I, I took this news; it was really, really a shock. Uh, he was pretty he's only sixty-six. Yeah. yeah, he was. I mean, obviously, that's that's an older gentleman, but that's well below the average you know, life expectancy for the American male. You think average. he's a he's a rich guy? You mm-hmm. know, so he's probably had access to decent medical care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, cancer, man, you can't really plan for what that. Sometimes, cancer is a dick. Cancer is not cool. I've what? seen House many times, uh-huh. and as I understand it, cancer is bad. What's the draw of House? House, it's it's there's a formula to it, and the formula works. It's that simple. The formula works. So the 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 way that information is parsed off and then uh, things are retracted. This what we thought was wrong is not. It does its most dramatically possible because lives are at risk every single second of the show. Like and the it? characters are really interesting and likable and and cool. House. Is a misanthrope. He's a misanthrope. He's 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 a highest rated TV show. I know. I was not a huge fan of House. My problem with House used to be that it was it was no, it was a detective show where there was no way the audience could figure out the mystery unless they had a doctorate in medicine. Oh, you know, it's not you're watching it and it's like, oh, of course. The leprosy caused the anthrax, not the other. I should have seen that coming from Act One. No, it doesn't work that way. But uh, then my roommate. Uh, Robin became a huge fan of the show and just started being on a lot in the apartment. I started watching it and I started really liking the characters and, and the interactions between them. So I started watching it more and uh, it's it's got a good hook. I, I prefer it to all the other like episodic procedurals mm-hmm. like CSI, Law and Order, Cold Case, all this stuff. I think House is probably the best one because it just has the most interesting characters. That's why it's popular. It's yeah. a procedural. It okay. is a procedural. Yeah, it's a thing uh, where if you. It, more you so than most procedurals though. I don't know. 
More so than most procedurals, though, there are character arcs that go out throughout the entire series if you watch it. You know, you'll watch Law and Order, mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking matter. Which order what happens to Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio or um, um, one of the I mean, billion other does. people yeah. who yeah. does yeah. the show? Yeah. That's the biggest genre in television. Procedurals? Yeah. Procedurals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can watch, because you can watch almost any episode and you'll and be entertained for an hour. Exactly. You don't have to know yeah. too much going in. You know, crossword puzzles. I mean, it's, it, like, it's basically comic books from, like, the 60s. You know, right. where it's like you had, there was no way of knowing if you'd read the last five issues. You so know you by had the end to, of that issue, yeah, you're going to get Something it. is going to get resolved. And if you're able to find the next issue, something will continue. You know, like the character mm-hmm. stuff will go on. But if all you ever get to read is Amazing Spider-Man 126... You know what's going on. Gwen Stacy's already dead. Gwen Stacy's already got Gwen the worst Yeah, exactly. Of it. There's a little recap. The worst of it. Yeah. Um, well, the worst of it was J. Michael Straczynski. Ooh. Oh, come on. Sins no, of the past. The first half. Sins of the past. Sins first, of the fucking past. The first man. half of his run was. Sins first of the half of his pun. Of, of his, it was of a his pun. run. No, first half of his run where uh, he said. Uh, the totem oh, shit? The totem shit is stupid. The totem shit goes against everything the, in Spider Man. Right. I don't. I, right. Is the thing. totem shit still in effect? No. Uh, they just try to ignore it because it was stupid. Because the thing is, is that. Listen, J. Michael Straczynski, great character writer. All his dialogue, all his character interactions, I was really interested in and that. All of his plotting Jeez. was really, really ill-advised. Everything he retconned, he retconned poorly. This is my all right? what, it was, uh No, it was Spider-Man, Peter Parker, everyday guy. It could be you, it could be anyone. Just something random happened to him, and he had to roll with it. You know, he had a choice of either John being Lee a dick... I'm listening he had a choice of either being a dick and doing whatever he wanted, and then he suffered for it, and then he chose to be, you know, a good person. J. Michael Straczynski comes in and it's like, no, he was chosen. It could only have been Peter Parker. He's the only person who could have been Spider-Man because of all the people, of all the generations, it had to be him. The and Spider-God that, chose that, him. Exactly. So, that so takes away everything. So he took every man away from took, Spider-Man. Exactly. But who cares? I care because that makes him less accessible. For a while, it just makes him less... Well, here's the thing. Every Why time, not glorify like, one, of the, one of our top, most beloved superheroes? Well, here's... The, okay, fair enough. But here's the thing. Okay, it would be the exact same thing as if Chris Nolan decided to make uh, Batman's parents weren't killed by random, they were killed by a supervillain specifically to create Batman. Would that hurt Batman? Yes. Well, what about that what about that Superman arc though with the uh, with the with the uh, what's his face with the Brainiac and all of that stuff like what's wrong was what's that a recent one with Jeff Johns I, yeah. didn't, I didn't read that, that a, you need a, to read that it's I know I know I'm probably well behind between doing that and then doing something like what I would, just described Superman I would have to read already that exists already Superman is a, is just a Kryptonian who happened to land on Earth and get his powers from our right Yellow but they side. changed it around things like you know like the they retconned it but it never changed Superman it never changed Superman what Straczynski right. did changed Spider-Man what, what he's yeah. saying about Batman changes Batman what Jeff Johns yeah. did changed the way Superman's defined by his villains. You know what I mean? Okay. It didn't yeah. change what it was inherently true about the, Superman. This Superman is, is still Superman, still Superman, no matter what kind of Brainiac comes out of him. Yeah, this, this is it the sort of thing that, that happens. He and Brainiac, he, exactly. Jeff Johns changed the relationship between Brainiac and... and yeah, exactly. Right, it's, like, it's, it's like what he did with Green Lantern. Was he, changed, he changed Green Lantern. Everything was still the same, but now it made more sense. Now mm-hmm. it, the way other characters looked at it... He's was different. The, hell the thing, it, yeah. the thing with the thing with retcons is, if you're going to retcon something, you have to keep what made the character work in the first place. What made okay, the character connect sense. with people in the first place needs to be intact. You can change all the shit around it, but if you change that stuff, eventually something's going to happen. Right. You're going to need a Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. You're going to need a Batman the movie. You're going to need something to uh, get it back to the way it was Revamp when it began. It, yeah. Every single time there's a retcon, it goes back. To the way things like were the ultimate universe, to be. exactly. Right. How long to... could that have possibly lasted? Not right. that long. And it now, just went now, into the same holes that the regular. Now they're revamping it. Exactly. And they're revamping it hard. I had an argument with Cat today, getting my comics where he was like, "Dude, Ultimatum's gonna kick ass. They've killed Johnny Storm. They killed. They killed Storm. Johnny. What? They're, 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 immediately, Jeff Loeb is coming in and he's changing everything oh, so Christ, that you can define Jeff. it away from the away from the Marvel universe. And I'm thinking. No. How long can that last? It's not going to last. It's, it's not going to last. It's it, like the Wildstorm universe. You we went through an Armageddon, and the world is yeah. over you in the Wildstorm universe. You just turned it into Avengers next. That? You know what I mean? Like yeah. You just turned it into 2099. You turned it into a big what if instead of this was. Right. So, guys. I like them, but you know what? Like you what can't. You, they're, they're amusing for an issue. You, you, don't, you can't yeah. read it for too long. So, guys, CW tossed their plans to uh, make the Grayson pilot. High five. High five, everyone. That was ill 
advised, CW. I just, I just don't want to see any more ads with... Uh, I want to start yeah. a show with just <laughs> yeah. you looking into the camera and having all these creative like uh, yeah. decisions made. Ill-advised. Move forward with caution. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, Oh, I just didn't want to see any more ads on, on billboards of 20-somethings with their abs going. <laughs> but it's just underwear ads. I know. It's, it's, they're just selling it to teenagers, and that's, just, and that's the damn shame. So speaking yeah. of Fuck speaking of television those. and our friend Jeff Loeb, uh, he and Jesse Alexander were removed from Heroes. Uh, as you guys all know, Heroes is in the clinker. It's all uh, kind of gone downhill. Yeah. Uh, I guess someone had to take the fall. It turns out to be Jeff Loeb and Jesse Alexander. Oh. Well, we have no way of knowing who is responsible exactly for all of the creative decisions on Heroes mm -hmm. since the first season that have proved problematic. Right. So I can't say that this is a good thing or this is a bad thing. I can't say, like, oh, thank God Jesse Alexander is gone because he was tanking the show. For all I know, he was the one voice of reason, and now the show is going to get worse. Right. You know, so we have no way of knowing that. On the other hand, thank God something is changing. Because I was a huge Heroes fan, and it's just gotten really repetitive. I using the stop, same story I had to stop arcs. watching it. I, I'm... I'm it's the thing, thing for me in uh, the thing for me in Heroes is um, I used to watch it because it was one of the best shows on television. It was very interesting. It was always surprising. I liked the characters, and now I'm watching it because it is a textbook example of how not to do a show. Mm -hmm. It is taking everything that worked, the idea that this connected to the real world for people who weren't comic book fans. This was new to them. A lot of comic book fans are very angry and about now Heroes. It's very it, much a comic book. Now it's exactly not a, not a good comic book. Yeah, now it's exactly the kind of comic book shit that keeps it's people like away comic from comic book. books. It's like, also, it's yeah. like a Malibu well, comic. There's so comic much continuity. Book. There's so much going on. You can't just jump in anymore and be connected to it. You have to know everything is tied into the damn uh, Primatech paper company. Mm. You know, everyone is related now. I mean, all of a sudden, Siler is Peter and Nathan's brother. What? And beyond I mean, that, come on. they're Every, not it's, real people anymore. Yeah, we they're like not real the people. idea that a regular Japanese office worker could turn back time. Or exactly. We like the idea that some cheerleader yeah. is exploring the fact that she's indestructible. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. And the, now they're all super powered. Everyone even, on the show is super powered. Everyone even the voice wasn't of the audience. Even, even the voice even of the James audience. Tyson Lee? Uh, you mean Ando? He probably knows karate. Uh, so <laughs> he, he, no, he's getting powers in the future. Yeah. And, and the first in the in the first episode of this season, uh, Hero went to the future and saw that Ando had powers. And, and the thing is, oh, you're right. And, yeah. And, and even the the voice of the audience, the narrator of the show, is getting powers, and not even powers. just getting powers. He's getting the fly. Yeah. He's just becoming David Cronenberg's the fly. So and we all like the fly, but and I kind of like the idea of turning him into a mad scientist. I think that's the only interesting thing they've done with that character since ever. Suresh or whatever? Yeah, Suresh. Suresh is is now an evil, mad scientist, and I like that. That's a really cool I thing. think that's cool, but they're doing it in a way that's been done before, and it took them way too long, and ultimately we just don't give a shit about him. What they need to do on this show, Entertainment Weekly, here's how you know your show is, is going badly. When your show sucking is the cover story on Entertainment Weekly. Yes. That is when you might want to start Move firing some writers. Efron. Okay. Move here's over. here's the thing Heroes really needs to do, and the problem is is that hire your ass. Well, well like. it's, it's true, but no. Here's what they need to do. The problem is, is that um, the network doesn't want them to change too much because they figured that these are the characters that the audience liked. We have way too many characters. We need to kill them off. Nathan has died three times. Start dropping them in. Okay. Them in bags. Exactly. Kill them off. Write them off the show. Let's get some new blood in here, but let's not you know Nikki and Paolo it again. You know, Oof. let's not let's not throw in people we don't like with powers that don't make sense with plot lines that are stupid. Okay, let's go back. Let's let's make it more about you keep like five characters from the show and then weave them in and out like big mythological characters that just show up. Okay. You know, this would be like Runaways on, in Marvel, where mm -hmm. Runaways are in their own corner, they're new, they're interesting, but they take place in the same world. And every once in a while, yeah, they'll run into Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, they'll run into Spider Man. You know, but let's let's. You, you've, you've got the audience have some balls again and do something new and interesting because otherwise it's just going to die. So we've got this big crossover. We're talking about characters crossing over. You've got Final Good Crisis. you got Final Crisis showing up in the DC universe. Uh, the Final Crisis book that I haven't read that I'm really excited about, when, uh, when this last crisis occurred, the most interesting thing going on in the DC universe was the Green Lantern Sinestro Which had War. nothing to do with Final Crisis to, to begin with. Uh, New Crisis to begin with. It was amazing, yeah. though. Yeah. Now you've got Final Crisis, 
and it looks like we're going to see ourselves with another awesome Green Lantern crossover. Yes. This last uh, week, this issue came out, Rage of the Red Lanterns. Yes. You've got Green Lanterns. You've got Blue Lanterns. We've seen the, the, the Sapphires. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Black. It's night coming. Yeah, that's and coming. And now you've got these Red Lanterns. Yes. What is... The, I did not read this yet. Tell us about it, because this okay. looks fucking awesome. And the okay. second you walk out that door, I'm reading it. Okay, no. Okay, first off... Everything Jeff Johns is doing with the, with the Green Lantern, I fully support so far. It's all it's all makes sense. It's all stuff that will fucking duh, right? It's all mm-hmm. it should have been obvious from the get go. Yes. So the new Red Lanterns uh, were actually started by one of the guys from Sector Six 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 from Alan Moore's story, uh, which showed how Abin Sur mm-hmm. got killed to begin with. Um, they were they were uh, denizens of a planet that was killed by the Manhunters. Uh, the first Green Lantern Corps, yeah. police corps the of attempt, the universe, the, the first, and they ended up for, of the Green Lanterns, exactly you know, the first of the policing the universe, exactly. And it failed, and they ended up killing basically everyone in the galaxy except for like five guys, who then got tortured for all eternity. So they're understandably pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed. I would write John a McCain's formal mad. complaint. He got tortured for six years. He I know, mad. right? He's that'd be awesome. That would be if the John, best if Red John Lantern McCain ever. Was a Red Lantern, <laughs> God, yes, be amazing. Yeah, actually, that's one of my problems with this, is that every there have been, like, three instances so far where uh, it looked like there was going to be another lantern from Earth. You know, mm-hmm. Batman was going to be a yellow lantern. The Scarecrow, cool. the Scarecrow was going to be a yellow lantern. Also could have been cool. And every single time, they nixed it immediately. When they were looking Absolute. for a yellow lantern, yeah. the Scarecrow, uh, the ring found the Scarecrow. It found Batman, and Batman was like, get the fuck off my finger. Yeah. Because he's like, you're able to instill fear. You are the yellow lantern of Earth. Yeah, um, exactly. So now we've, got, awesome. now we've got the Red Lanterns. I'm not exactly sure who would mm-hmm. be the right uh, Red Lantern. Uh, probably Lex Luthor at this rate, considering how much he hates Superman now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the yeah. angriest motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. So, so like they, you when you're alone would make a good Red Lantern. Exactly. So anyway, so we've got the Red Lanterns. We've got uh, Sinestro's execution uh, about to go underway, and all the <laughs> shit hits the fan. It's like an intergalactic episode of 24 where all the terrorists come to try to save the guy. Yeah. All the terrorists come to try to kill Big him. prison break. Very, very cool. I have no idea what it has to do with Final Crisis. It seems completely unrelated. It I think like they just tried to sell the book on the fact that it was a Final they Crisis They are. Time. It's got the big Final Crisis I don't uh, need that, like man. letterboxing I'm thing on the side. I'm more interested in exactly. the Red Lantern well, I think that, Final I Crisis. Yeah, that's the thing. I think everyone agrees that all of the crossovers going on in Green Lantern are infinitely better than the crises that have been going on. And there have been good stuff in the various crises, sure. uh, but l- let's be honest here. I love Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, too. super super talented, smart nice man, all star Superman. One of the best Damn books up. in a long long that time. That was amazing. We three, fantastic. Sea uh, guy, but awesome. This, but Final Crisis you know is be a second Sea guy. I know, right? It's gonna kill awesome. Okay, but um, <laughs> should we? But a little, geek out, little right geek out for you guys. But uh, no, no. But here's the thing: Final Crisis. Uh-huh. Impenetrable. There's so much going on, and he's not telling it. And I'm not saying he needs track to, of it. I don't think I'm not saying it needs to be conventional. I'm not saying it needs to have a Hollywood yeah. storytelling format, you know, beginning and end, whatever. You can experiment, but we have to know what's going well, on. We have to know that. who's involved, what the main characters in the universe are doing, and what is at stake. And honestly. I'm, we're four issues in right now, right? Yes, and I don't four know. Four issues into a seven issue miniseries, and it's very difficult to tell exactly what's going on, exactly why, exactly what Darkseid's plan is, because right now it's very meta. You know, it's, it's got, he's got a big supervillain plan. There's he's like won, he's conquered Earth, code. but no, he's got the anti life equation. He finally equation. got the anti life equation. He's spreading it throughout the world. Bad guys. It's turning everyone in the universe into a minion of Darkseid, and there's like. Bullets that are traveling backwards in time to kill new gods. And this is all stuff that's kind of interesting on its own, but when you throw it all together and don't spend enough time on any individual part of it to really sell the importance and drama of it, you lose me. And I, and I feel stupid when I read the book because I, like, like I, I feel like this should work. It's like these are all big conceptual ideas yeah. that on a physical level about that you have to do as a storyteller of yeah. once upon a time there was a guy who lived in a house. Exactly. There's none of that. Exactly. There's, there's, none of that stuff there's that nothing a, that's just grabbing you and keeping you. identify with. Exactly. It's all, it's all a little too conceptual. So you've recommended Gigantic. Gigantic, yeah. It's one of, a new book. I think it just came out this week. Uh-huh. A new book from Dark Horse. Uh, very, very fun. Gorgeous artwork. Uh, it's a little uh, reminiscent of a very classic South Park episode. But basically you find out that Earth has been engineered by aliens to make good television. <laughs> All right. It's an episode of South Park. Episode, it's a yeah. great episode of South Park. Uh, you know, they, they, being good, my Thresha. 
Yeah, ex <laughs> it's true. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, so they've created us to be as warlike as possible. They put as many different environments as they can because, you know, multiple settings really shows off production value. Uh -huh. And uh, then we cut to Earth after it's been created, present day San Francisco, and apparently a star of one of the other shows of the Universal Broadcasting Company lands on Earth. The problem is, he's about 100 feet tall. And he lands in San Francisco, and he's horrified. Oh my god, what am I doing? I can't go anywhere without stepping on guys. This is horrible. Oh my god, all these people are going to hate me. And is it like, like a single... Run, the monster's a terrorist. It's going to kill us all. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gilmore's ears are bleeding. I know, wow. I'm sorry. But really, really fun, really good comic. Is it a single I mean, issue? It's a single issue so far. It's, I don't know if it's a miniseries I or an ongoing. This. It's very, very fun and entertaining. Uh, that and Umbrella Academy are about the two best things I've read from Dark Horse in a really long time. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Really fun. I gotta pick that up. It's I'm sorry I missed book. it. I'm sorry good I missed book. that. And you like everything that Phil Hester's written. Phil Hester is on a roll lately. You guys know him because uh, he was the artist on Kevin Smith's Run on Green Arrow. There you go. He was the artist on the unfortunately short-lived Irredeemable Ant-Man. And that's right. And I recommended to you guys Coffin, which is a really fucking awesome miniseries exactly. now in trade that he that he wrote. And yeah, this and thing was so great. He's He's a super, super talented uh, writer, but he's not really doing anything for any for the big big two. For the big two, he's not doing anything for DC. He's not doing anything for Marvel. He's just uh, drawing for them, and he's a talented artist. Mm -hmm. But he's not a very showy artist, so he doesn't get a lot of acclaim for it. He's just known as dependable. Service. His yeah. writing is exceptionally interesting. All of his books open with like the first three pages are fascinating. They're a really great way of introducing information. Um, and he's got two books going on right now. He's got a new atheist miniseries. And if you haven't picked up the first Atheist miniseries, you got it. That's the name, Atheist. It's the first one was Atheist, and then he got a lot of flack for it because everyone thought it was some kind of anti-religious book. And that's not what it's about at all. Mm -hmm. It's about a guy who works for the government, and he uh, he's... Well, it's kind of been done a million times before, but it's in an interesting way. He basically debunks all of these bizarre uh, crimes and mm -hmm. tries to find out exactly what's going on. But the thing is, he doesn't believe in anything. He, he doesn't take anything at face value. And he thinks very illogically. In fact, you find out towards the end of the first miniseries that he's mildly autistic. <laughs> he is. He's mildly autistic. He can't drive. He doesn't. He he throws up if he sees the color yellow. But he thinks on levels that no one else mm -hmm. does, and he sees patterns that no one else does. Uh, and the first um, series, the first uh, first atheist series, opens with a guy doing one of these crossing over shows where he's mm -hmm. claiming to speak to people's dead relatives, and of course, it's all a fraud. You know, he's like they have information that people gather from the internet, and then he starts going off script, and he starts actually talking to someone's dead father, and the dead father says, "It's okay, we're coming back." Whoa. What do you mean we're coming back? All of us. <laughs> and all of a sudden, people who are falling asleep wake up, and they're possessed by the Holy dead. Holy shit! And the dead, all I want to do is party. They're going like Eddie Murphy. Every single one of them Hell is yeah. just partying all the time. Party all the Hell time. Yeah. Party all the time. Party until their bodies drop dead. Till but the it's, break okay. Of dawn. it's okay. It's okay because they just get another one. That's it. And the thing, and the atheist who is used to debunking all this takes one look at it and goes, "Oh shit, this is real." <laughs> and he's like, "This is very surprising, but if it's real, I got to deal with it, and that's all." And it's very, very well written. And there's a new series. Uh, it's uh, about uh, missing women who are suddenly pregnant when they never were. It's very X Filesy, but it's exceptionally well written. Wasn't that one? It's the uh, atheist. It's as the well. atheist. This one's now called Antoine Sharp is the atheist mm. in order to uh, keep you know, the wackos order, from coming. Yeah, after in order to make sure people are to know that's not a religious comic. Okay. Either way, pro or con. And he's also got another book coming out. I think it's from Image. I mm -hmm. could be wrong about that. Called Golly. Golly takes place at a freak show, a carnival show. Uh, and there's a guy, he's a drag racer, and he also fixes all the uh, all the riots and stuff. And uh, he passes out one night, and God comes to him and says, Listen, the apocalypse has been canceled due to lack of interest. <laughs> the problem is, not every demon got the memo. So we, uh, we've manipulated your... Uh, your, your you, we've, no, we've manipulated your carnival, so they're gonna, okay. always going to end up in places where these demons are, and you've got to take care of it. Oh, and Golly that's is like, cool. well, why me? I mean, I'm nobody. I'm not that smart. I mean, what about, really cool. what about Einstein? And he's like, listen, asking us to pick who the smartest human is is like asking you to look into a pond and picking out the best paramecium. You're all the same to us. <laughs> it might as well be you. It's got a very, very good sense of humor to it. It is exceptionally well written. Good art. Not you know, it's not Jim Lee, but it's it's very well told all over. Highly recommend. And this is coming are, out. This is out now. There are two okay. issues out right Golly. now. I'm not sure when the third one is. Yeah, just golly. Like, golly. 
Oh, shit. So a really, really, really funny book. Really good storytelling. He's going to fight demons. He's going to fight demons. He has no idea how. I think he's got his... These are oh, these are uh, Antoine Sharp is the atheist. There's one uh, book already out in trade. There's two issues out of the new series. And golly, honestly, anything Phil Hester writes, if you only know him as an artist or if you don't know him at all, you owe it to yourself right. to check it out. I told you guys about the coffin. Yeah. Like the that coffin, one was great. Fire Breather has been out for a while, and, like and he, Deep Sleeper and is possibly deals, my favorite. He's he, really good high concept writer. Yeah, he's really good at these yeah. metaphysical, uh, spiritual but the, ideas. But almost, unlike are, Final Crisis, even though these are big concepts, mm-hmm. they're always relatable. Yeah, there's always characters are always introduced to the world appropriately, so you care and know what's going on. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so guys. The big game that came out this week, we got to talk about Gears of War 2. Uh, I've started up uh, a lot of the Horde mode. I, I really enjoy playing with you guys. Some of us have played together. Um, and I've been playing with Brent Moore on the uh, co-op, which is good. But uh, the game is very much like the other one, like the last one, with a bunch of steroids injected into it. There's more bad guys, there's more weapons, and the maps are bigger. Yeah, there's uh, vehicles. and so I mean, if you like the first one or if you like Halo, you're going to really enjoy it. The big difference, you know how there's a Halo camp and a Gears camp, and sometimes yeah. they don't agree with each other? Uh, Gears and Halo, I think, get along. The, 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 they get along pretty well. The two different camps are Call of Duty and right. Halo. The thing, is, the thing is, I think it's right. like uh, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Sure. You can like both. People tend to prefer one or the other, but there's... We both appreciate it. The, who the, likes the Rolling Stones more than the Beatles? There are people who like the Rolling Stones. They, like, they think uh, they're hey, rebels. I like Elvis more than anyone. So, listen, the, uh, the big, the big di- difference that I'm noticing playing through this is... Uh, Halo is like Sonic the Hedgehog to Gears of War's Mario Brothers. It's just Halo's just fast. You hop around and you shoot. A, you know what I mean? Like like it's just a very mm-hmm. fast. I haven't game. played Gears of War two yet. Gears so I, is, I, I, Gears I is lumbering, mm-hmm. and at least through this first chapter I've been playing with Brent, mm-hmm. everything stops for like a cutscene and exposition yeah. and the build up of this world and the story. Mm-hmm. And I find it a little too lumbering. There's one cutscene where the general president dude is talking to everybody. It's probably one of the worst written pieces of dialogue I've ever heard in my entire life. This is my problem with the Gears of it's War series. It's very over, over, overwritten. The, my problem with the Gears of War series is this. Gameplay, fantastic. Right. Plays like a dream. First one played like a dream. Story is fucking stupid. The story doesn't work. The characters are really cliched. And the dialogue is very bad. And it's even more uh, present in this one. Almost really? Because that, that, was, that was my hope. Because here's the thing. The reason why I am not running out and buying Gears of War 2 isn't that I don't want to play it. I do want to play it. It looks fun. But I don't feel the need to run out and grab it the first week because I don't care about what happens. <laughs> Got it. Halo, Halo, I mean, yeah, Halo has its problems. Halo is derivative of stuff too, but I cared about what was, was going on. The villains were motivated. You know, mm-hmm. they were religious radicals and there's something that there's a lot of layers to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are problems with the gameplay. There are problems with every game. But mm-hmm. I really wanted to know what happened next. Gears of War, I honestly stopped playing the first Gears of War for a very long time. I was about halfway through the game. I'm right there with I'm you. I'm halfway through the game. I you get, the, you're, you're in the catacombs, and oh, yes. we let loose this huge fucking thing. It was the entire point of the game. Oh, it didn't work. Luckily, we found this piece of junk on the ground that does the exact same thing. And, oh, yeah, main character, your dad's a bad guy. I'm at Wait, that, what? <laughs> I'm at that exact same point. Yeah. I have yet to finish the game. Yeah, I've never. Gears thank you. I was. Afraid, I was ashamed to admit it. I've never no, no, no. finished Gears of War. Do not be afraid of it. Me too. Thank do you, you. Hey, do you guys want to get together and do some co-op and maybe finish the game yeah. sooner or later? Yeah, let's do let's that. Do this. Okay. We got to finish first Gears. We'll do it. We'll do it. I've already started the big TV. Gears. Oh wow. Um, can I get my gamer tag over there to do co-op? Yeah, there's you? no. I see no reason okay. why not. Yeah, we'll do it sometime. We'll be fine. Okay, because because I, yeah. I, I want to get the rest of the story, but again. Yeah. It's it's not calling to me because the story is so lame. It's so cliched and so silly, and it's so forced. And I love the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Don't care what happens. What, the, what, what is amazing on this Gears Gilmore, and that we've been playing like crazy since I picked it up yesterday, is the Horde mode. It's all the action, none of the story. It's it's you and five of your friends or four of your friends uh, playing in different maps, and they just send waves after waves of increasingly more difficult locusts after you. Are they you. different? Every time the maps aren't different. You're trying to hold the maps. But I mean, do the, do the bad guys go the to the ba- same spots? The bad guys come out of different places every time, and they're okay. different bad guys. That's they start fun. out very weak, and they start getting bigger. You start seeing more of the bad guys. You see some of them on beasts. You see some of more boomers. You see more of the priests, which I call pencil top heads. Uh, you see different kinds of bad guys, and their stats go up too. So ah. they can take more damage, and they can give more damage. That's fine. And so the waves get worse and worse as you as you keep going. And communication is key, as you guys saw when I was playing earlier. And uh, and it's just a lot of fun because it's just action. It doesn't have these stops that I'm seeing in the story mode 
where it's like, okay, here's some really bad dialogue, here's some really bad exposition, and I hope you're looking in this cool direction because something's about to crash and explode. Well, yeah. even even in the first Gears, I, 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 I remember it being a lot of hiding and shooting, hiding and shooting, yeah. hiding and shooting. Yeah. Whereas in the Halo games, you'll be in the thick of stuff. You'll have to yeah. do different things at different times. And then you hide and you go back out there. Yeah, you exactly. You're spending it's a lot of running and gunning in, in yeah. Halo. And I like that a lot. It's I like that fun. a lot, too. The thing with, the thing so with Gears is, is so much, it's so dependent gears. upon the, uh, the cover mode. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's good. I like having a cover mode. But the fact that you can't complete the game without repeatedly doing the same thing over and over again yes. does hinder the campaign. It does make it a little less uh, freeing it's, it's and exciting. Laboring. Yeah, it's a, it's a little forced sometimes. And sometimes I, I go for cover accidentally. And yeah, oh, that's annoying as hell, isn't it? Did you see what yeah. me get blown up earlier? I yeah. was like, I didn't mean to go for cover. I meant to yeah. get my ass out of there. Dude, you I press was, A accidentally or whatever? I was exactly. down there while you meant well, to like, no, roll. You press A to jump yeah. out of the way. Or you press, or you hold it down to run out of the way, and you end up fucking taking cover and taking it in the, the face. The problem is, is that there's a game mechanic in the game that limits your options. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. We are we are used to having so much freedom like in, in Halo, games. Yeah. In games like Halo, I mean, we're not talking about stuff like Braid or Portal where there's specific rules and functions. We're talking about an open world game where, in theory, you're allowed to run around and, and play the game however you want within mm -hmm. certain parameters, but there's one button you press that'll keep you from doing anything yeah. but two things. And you can't hop up on any platforms. I know, you know? and that's, that's such a thing. And you know what's interesting to me? You can't jump at all. That's the thing that's interesting you to me. You can't jump at all. Gamers always bitch about not being able to jump on stuff. Let me ask you a question. In the, in, no, in the last week, how many times did you jump up on shit? <laughs> I jumped on a Polynesian guy at the grocery store. You jumped on a Polynesian guy. I don't Long jump story. on Long anything. I don't yeah. jump on anything in my in my life. I don't. It's it's so weird. But in games, but that's it's why required. You wait, wait, wait. <laughs> And, and, and yeah. Super Mario was like one of the first like you know characters ever in like a video yeah. game that you like connected to and shit. Sure. And when you have that as that character's like historically that character's primary function yeah. being a high jump. Yeah, I think people have gotten used to that. It's just such it's just such a thing we're forced into thinking about now to the point where we take it away and it seems weird. The, the new the, the Zelda games, you never jump until you're at the end of a platform. That's true, but you that's fine. I mean? Nobody that's complains fine. about that because originally that was Bird's Eye, and it's part yeah. of the, and it's part of the puzzle mechanic. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, puzzle mechanics are a little just, different. This is just yeah. forced hiding. Um, yeah. So that was fun. I, I I'm really looking forward to this Fallout Three that you've been Fallout playing. Fallout like Three. I've been playing for about twelve hours now. I am about one tenth of the way through the main campaign. I can't buy this game. I love this game, and let me tell you something. This is from a guy. We this had a guest on the couch last yeah. year, last week just boozing on it. But I, let me, I, here's the deal. Let me let me just say this. How are we doing? I how are we doing on time? Okay. I hated Oblivion. I was the guy. I was the guy. Because here's the thing. I didn't care. And we're talking about this in Gears of War. I just didn't care. We, we started out in Oblivion. We're, uh, you know, we're, in a, we're in a dungeon. And then the king you know, comes and says, uh, Random criminal, follow us. Follow us to safety. And, uh, oh, we're about to go through the stall. Wait a minute. What are your stats? And then you come up with your stats. And then Fallout 3 begins in this really wonderful and genius way where you see yourself being born. And you get to choose your sex. And then you don't just uh, learn to walk when the king walks in. You learn to walk when your dad teaches you to walk when you're one year old. Oh, wow. So for the first half hour to an hour, depending on how long you want to take to do it, uh, you are building a relationship not just with your character. With you get world. to see yourself with, and with the world, but also with your father. And the entire plot, the main plot, is finding your father. Your father goes missing. And he goes out of the vault and into this desolate wasteland, uh -huh. and you have to find him. In Oblivion, I didn't give a shit about the main quest. I would just uh, run around and do whatever I want. I got bored with it very quickly. Here, I want to do the main quest because I like my father. And it's not just that he's played by Liam Neeson. You know? <laughs> I, I want to find out how... Qui-Gon, come back. This is an interesting way to keep you going on to the main quest in a, in a game where you can spend 100 hours, literally 100 hours, other things, yeah. doing other shit. Hmm. And I love the other shit. I am half. I am. Uh, you, only, you can only level up twenty times in the game. Mm -hmm. I've leveled up ten times, and I'm one tenth of the way through the main quest. Wow! I am enjoying it. The one thing I was, and let me tell you something. This may be I've my read, holidays right I have read so many reviews of Fallout Three. Great. I've read so many reviews of Fallout Three. Every single one of them begins. Now let me tell you, <laughs> this isn't just Oblivion with guns. <laughs> I only tell you something. It's Oblivion with guns. But uh, from <laughs> but it, with the story. But here, yeah, the, it, with a, with a really good story. In. It's sci-fi as opposed to fantasy, which I think a lot of people relate to now because yeah. that's the world as it might be instead of the world as it never was. Mm. You know, and uh, I'll say this as a first-person shooter, 
kind of falls a little short because the aiming depends on you know you could have a guy the guy's head right in your sights on a sniper rifle but, your stats. but it all depends on your stats oh. not necessarily how it aims so for that role playing thing does affect first person shooters so if you're, so if you're a big fan of that you might want to try it out first they have this great system called VATS yeah. that is a godsend in this game because you're going to depend on it a lot and it's really fun but as a first person shooter a little lacking so give it a try if you only like first person shooters oh dude I gotta check this game huge, out huge huge fun dude so guys we have a lot uh, we talked about we covered a lot of cool shit um, William you are an amazing guest next time you come on the show I'll remember your name Mr. Javier and Herrera just for good measure what's his last name Babiani no what no come the fuck on seriously Bibiani. Seriously, Bibiani. Yeah, Bibiani. I that said took Bobby you way Ani. too long. I said that's not close. Bibiani. There you go. Come on, guys. Maybe I called you Jonathan. That's not the same thing. But I would have gotten it. I would have been like, yeah, close. Jonathan Lundahl. I want to bust your balls. You guys just want to bust my balls. I do want to uh, bust Listen, your balls. guys, come bust our balls in uh, person. The next episode we have is going to be the Geekscape picnic. That's next week. Uh, it's in a park here in the West Side. All the details are going to be up in front of your face at geekscape.net. The Geekscape picnic is going to be for real. We're going to have uh, a lot of our past guests are going to be there. A lot of our friends are going to be there. We're going to probably be in Santa Monica. So if you're... Uh, hopefully I'll yeah, be able to make it. Yeah, what, what day is it? It's so, going to be on Saturday. It's going to be on Saturday. Fingers crossed. So we got that. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme opens here in L.A. I thought you said he was going to uh, be there. <laughs> it, 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 opens, it opens this week. You guys can check, of course, no. the, 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 the uh, official website for... All those uh, speaking of official dates. websites, I and want we got to go. Opportunity. We, no, no, we got to talk about Bus Pirates. Yes, Bus Pirates DVD season one, all episodes, new bonus material. I like that the second you start, he starts promoting <laughs> his stuff. You go well, wrap it up out of time. Anyway, on the website, buspirates.com, ten dollars plus shipping. Really, really nice quality, not YouTube quality. Check it out. We need money. <laughs> So check us out on MySpace.com as well and Facebook and, of course, at Geekscape.net. We'll see you guys next week for episode 96. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you. Goodbye, y'all. How are you starting? I like that he said goodbye. He's like the first guest in a really long time that hasn't waved. <laughs> yeah, they all go. Everyone says bye. It speaks for itself.